he's open on the table. He had tumors everywhere. They're, they're like, and this is the hardest part because they were like, what do you want to do? Hey everyone, happy Monday. Welcome back to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and I hope everyone is having a wonderful start to 2022. Just checking in with y'all. How you doing? I saw a meme. God, me, what do I even call them anymore? Memes, uh, reels, uh, TikToks, I don't know. But it was one of those things that a friend shared with me on Instagram, and it was a guy going to order coffee. And he was saying like $6 for a medium. What is happening? Like, why is, why are the prices going up? And then the prices keep going up and they're not going back down. And I really need them to go back down. And I really felt that in my soul because he ends up saying something about how we are in a capitalistic hell. And that's how I feel right now with all the prices going up and all these things that we are having to think about and worry about in the world that is 2022. So just sending everybody my love and thoughts and prayers for this upcoming year. Um, on today's episode, I wanted to introduce y'all to a good friend, Rachel Sherlock. Hey, Rachel. Hi. Hi. So Rachel is not with us in person. So Rachel and I are doing a, an audio recording for today's episode, but I'm very excited to see her. Uh, she lives with her husband right outside of Charlotte and their sweet, sweet dog, Mowgli. Uh, the husband's name is Tyler. I should probably preface that. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> and um, we don't get to see them as often as when they lived in the area. So it's very nice to see you, Rachel, even though it's over a computer screen. Yes, it's so nice to see you too. Yes. Uh, so let me tell y'all a little bit about Rachel before we get into today's episode. Uh, Rachel is a sales and marketing operations guru in the SaaS industry. She is a master in Salesforce administration and streamlined processes in multiple companies to maximize revenue growth. She has her master's degree in psychology from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. Due to this education, Rachel is able to provide psychological thought to business processes and principles. She also has her paralegal degree from Duke University. She focused on business, criminal law, and she has a deep focus on learning because it allows for extreme growth, not only in business, but within herself. Education and her career don't make up all of Rachel's time. She does believe in a strong work-life balance, which I will attest to. She loves going out for coffee, loves having a wine night. She's also a really fantastic marathon runner and training for a marathon. Rachel's constantly sharing on social media, like how many miles you ran or how many things you did. And I'm like, you go, girl. I sat on my couch today. So I, you are constantly an inspiration for physical movement and exercise. So I think that's great. Love it. Anyway. I love to hear it. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Well, welcome, Rachel. As you take a sip of your coffee, right? I caught you at the wrong time. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Rachel, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself than what I decided to share about you. Yeah. So um, I originally was born in New Jersey. I moved. To That's right. I always forget that. In yeah. my mind, you're like, you were just here. I don't know. Yeah, so I was only there till I was five, but if people ask, I like I own it. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm was I'm from and born in New Jersey, and people think that that's that's who I am. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was only there for a little bit, and then grew up outside of um, kind of outside of DC in this town called Winchester, Virginia. Until Ooh. Winchester sounds very fancy and like ritzy. <laughs> it's it's not. <laughs> it does sound <laughs> bad. It's very um. Kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We had horses. So it's like more- That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I think that even makes more sense. Winchester, right? Sounds like horse farm. 
yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you can get to DC in like two hours, but you also are like right next to West Virginia. So I feel like it's a jack of all trades. You could ride your yeah. tra- tractor into like the Smithsonian. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> can you just imagine like horse drawn carriage to the Smithsonian? I know. I can actually, yeah. So like, I actually can imagine. Yeah, I thank can. you. It's interesting. Um, and then I went to school in North Carolina because, like, this seems cool. I went to UNCW for undergrad um, by the beach. Yeah. Um, and then moved to Raleigh and pretty much met all y'all. So I was about to say, yeah, like, I'm trying to remember. So the connection is Tyler. Mm-hmm. So now husband Tyler. So a group of us and quite a few people that have been on this podcast before are have been friends with Tyler for some time. And then you and Tyler were working together. How did you two meet? Yes, we were working together in Raleigh. That's right. And, yeah. And then um, we were friends for a while. And then we started dating when Tyler and Andre moved in together in Wilmington. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if y'all have been previous listeners um, prior to this episode, we've had Andre Fanto on this podcast and he was roommates with Tyler Sherlock in Wilmington for that one like random year, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. they took a year. They're like, we're getting out of Raleigh. And then they went to Wilmington. They're like, we're coming back to Raleigh. <laughs> We're like, great. Well, y'all stayed in Wilmington. You and Tyler did. Yeah. We stayed in Wilmington for another like four four or five years and then moved to Charlotte. Yep. Yep. Remind me what led y'all to move to Charlotte? A job. Well, there you go. That makes perfect sense. And honestly, we had gone through a couple of hurricanes and I just didn't really want to stay again. Yeah. Well, those are stressful in and of themselves. Yeah. Super stressful. Um, but a lot of people stay there and, you know, it, it happens once in a blue moon, but we didn't own a home and we're like, well, you know, we'll move to Charlotte. New yeah. opportunity. It's not too much farther from us as it was before anyway. Mm-mm. No. No. When, when did y'all move to Charlotte? What year was that? 2019. So we got married in May 2019. Yep. And then we moved to Charlotte like right after. And then we spent most of our marriage in the pandemic. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I hear that quite often, right? I can remember quite a few weddings in 2019 and then the pandemic hit right after for many people. I mean, I still, I still remember y'all's wedding is so beautiful. And then yeah, nine months later, pandemic hits basically. (laughs) Here we go. I know. Yeah. How have things been? So you're saying that, you know, tell us about you're from New Jersey all like your moves and then you and Tyler get married pandemic hits what like you know I can know what that's been like for myself and we've talked about it quite a bit throughout various episodes it's been sprinkled in but how have things been for you like you move and then the pandemic hits you have a new job you know all this stuff going on yeah I mean it's super stressful and Tyler already worked from home so we moved into this apartment in Charlotte and um I remember I picked an apartment week before we moved from my job and I was like, okay, we're just going to move. It's going to be only a year in this apartment and then we'll build up by house. Yeah. So I didn't really care much about what the apartment was like, which now I deeply regret. Oh God. Yeah. Was <laughs> it, it the worst? No, it was, it was fine. Um, but there was no like, so especially with COVID, there was no patio. There's no, and everything was blocked off. So you couldn't sit outside. <gasps> So we just, we lived like a mile from Top Golf in Charlotte. And so we, we just walk back and forth to Top Golf to get sun. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I need light. I need like a house plant. I need to live. <laughs> and so I just remember them blocking out like everything. Like you can go by the pool, the amenities, like nothing. Which I never really understood. It's like, 
I know that that you couldn't be within six feet of people, right? So they were trying to prevent groups gathering on their property, I guess. But also, like, you're also inhibiting people from using amenities that we are paying for and saying that, like, we're not responsible enough to distance ourselves. Yeah, I remember going to, um, just like, I was walking my dog. And it was, um, I was sitting by like the fireplace. It was just me. And I just sat there. So I was like, oh, it's, it was like outside fire pit. And it was so uh-huh. sunny. And that guy came outside and was like, you can't sit here. And I'm like, awesome. There's no one around. So I was like, okay, I'll just walk back to cop- top golf. <laughs> You're like, like, this makes no sense. The, the rules at the beginning were literally like, I don't even know the analogy I want to make, right? But like, it just makes no sense. What were we doing? Yeah. And so Tyler, he's a graphic designer and he was in his his office because that's what we set up to do because he was already working remote. And then right. I started working remote, but I had to open up shop in our bedroom. So it's just like this two bedroom all day long. And then it's like, you know, the first year of marriage. So it's like, it was fine, but it's a lot of like, you shut the door. Uh, you're on a call, and then he's like, "I'm gonna shut the door while I'm on a call." And then he's like, "Can I come in the bedroom to get my clothes?" <laughs> and you're like, "No, yeah, like, get out." <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, all the what's the word I want to use? Not transitions, but adjustments that had to be made that you weren't anticipating for. You got a two bedroom apartment, super reasonable. You're just married, saving money for a house. You're like, okay, great, this is fine. It's just us and our dog who weighs to less than 20 pounds, like no big deal. And wham, we now have to like juggle two full-time jobs from home where we take calls all the time. And I would like to go, I don't know, on a walk and change clothes and I can't get to my room. I know. Yeah. So we, um, speaking of the dog, so that was, I was another... like, do you have Mowgli with you right now? Yes, we have. So Mowgli is, we, we had another dog, our French bulldog, Brody, um, which not, everyone can't see but you can see behind me yes i'll share uh, the picture on social media for people that are listening um but sweet brody was this beautiful was he brindle or black french bulldog he was brindle but um tyler painted him behind me that is insane so he y'all truly we will post this picture it is like it's insane yeah and it's crazy because i keep him up there on every call i have Mm. because yeah so he he was four years old and this past summer he he basically just started getting really sick and um yeah when you say he was getting really sick i remember you sharing some of this on social media do you want to share at all like what what was happening with him because yeah you said he was four he was so young yeah so he i mean i don't know people know that like french bulldogs are such a huge um like they're they're i don't know if people remember this but lady gaga had um her frenchies yeah yeah stolen stolen. yeah those people like french bulldogs in the like the black market can sell for like 8k ten thousand dollars that is insanity to me so they basically these people didn't know their lady dogs and they go around la or like wealthy areas and just basically shoot the owners and take the dogs to sell them like what the fuck um so when i had brownie I would get these calls like they're like don't put french bulldog signs on your mat like i have a frenchie outside like don't put anything around your yard, even showing of a French bulldog. Who was telling you to do that? Oh, they, I, I mean, like they were just like these Frenchie groups that would be <gasps> oh, like, like that you were in and they were like, do not that, advertise yeah, that you own you this dog. Want, you don't want people to know, like, cause you can have masks, like, you know, welcome Matt that said, my Frenchie lives here. You don't want right. to do that because then they'll rob you. 
Shut up. That is like, I already have to, right, we're women. Like, we already have to worry about everything else about what it means to be a woman in this society. And then now we have to worry about our dog being stolen from us. Oh, I know. Because then I had people call me and say, hey, Rach, like, be careful. I know you run a lot. Like, you bring Brody with you sometimes, like, on walks. Be careful because they'll, you know, people will start following you. And I'm like, I'm in a nice area. What the heck? Um, Like, I shouldn't have to worry about this at all. Yeah. So, so anyways, that leads my, like, I mean, sometimes my two old dogs are, are overbred or like there's just enough, like some they sometimes people don't take as much precaution um mm-hmm. not not saying necessarily that was Brody's case I don't know I mean who knows like what happened with with him but he um he was four and then all of a sudden he was just um he started getting sick like throwing up and mm. he was just I don't he was already like a mess like he has extreme anxiety already um he kind of like his mom <laughs> so he took after right like son like mom yeah so i took him to that and i already knew he kind of had issues but then they were like well you know take him home he might get better and he just didn't and then i took him back to that and then they're like well we don't really know what to do like we don't know what's going on we can't tell from the experts and he um then they told me hey can you you have to bring him to this emergency place and I did, but the problem is I didn't really get to say goodbye because COVID. So, like, you I couldn't had, go be back there with him. No, I had to like sit in the parking lot. <gasps> oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, because you weren't allowed in the vet office. No, so it's like sitting there in the parking lot with this dog and like who has a she had an ID in his arm and a cone on its head, and we're just sitting next to me, um, and I'm just waiting for them to like come get him. Yeah, and um, I remember we. I, I came back home and I was just like waiting because I didn't know what was going on. And they, the, the surgeon called me and was like, Hey, I don't, you know, prepare for the worst. I'm like, what is going on? And like, they said, we don't really know, but we'll, when we open them, him up, um, when he has surgery, like we'll call you in the middle of the surgery and tell you what it is. And if you need to make that call. What did they think the surgery was going to help? Like, what was was the point to, like, find, look in his gut because he was throwing up? Like, what was the surgery for? Yeah, they were just going to, they had no idea. They told me they were just going to do exploratory surgery. Okay. That's helpful. So, yeah. So, then at that moment, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is it. I don't know what to do. So, I was okay. I was, like, preparing myself. Um, and my husband was, you know, there for me. And, and anyone that knows me knows I was obsessed with this dog. Like I was about to say, like, we kind of didn't preface enough, like, how much of maybe this is going too far but i do feel like a lot of your identity was like wrapped up in being brody's mom and like owner yeah oh my god yeah it was everything it was my whole life and i yeah and we never even got to meet him i don't think i did no yeah he he had anxiety so he He hated all new people (laughs) he did i remember you always be like i want to meet brody i'm like well he did like no sorry you can't he needs this anxiety blanket like (laughs) but we didn't preface like i is upset. So Tyler was so worried about me, and I, I just needed. I was like, okay, I'm, I can be strong when I need to be. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna just, you know, get over it and just accept what it is. And then the next day, in another bit, or the doctor called me and said, hey, you know, I actually think they're looking good. Um, there's no way this is cancer. I wouldn't believe that. Like, whatever. Like, you're good. And so then I got hopes up again. Yeah. And then the next day this other doctor called me and this is the part I have a problem with with pet loss because people don't realize that pets are like your life. 
Absolutely. When you just said like, okay, day one, after how long before you go in for this exploratory surgery had Brody been sick? Oh my gosh, like a week. Okay. So we're already on a week of being on edge with our nerves, right? And being terrified for our loved one. And then you go to the vet and they're like, okay, go in for this exploratory surgery. So then you go for the exploratory surgery. And then day two, they call you and say, oh, it's no big deal. Now day three, you said this new doctor calls you. Yeah. So this is, this is the hardest. I remember um, he called and he said, um, well, yeah, this doctor called and said, oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to start surgery. You know, if anything's wrong, we'll call you. So I told Tyler, and you know, he was, he was on, I think he was on a work call and he had told his whole company, he was like, um, you know, so everybody who worked for this or knew us knew that that was like our whole life. Yeah. So he told his coworkers, he was like, okay, like we're on call. Something's or, happening with the yeah, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're on call and they're all like, oh my God, we're praying. Lana blah. And 20 minutes later, I get another phone call. And that's when he like walked out of his office door. So he knew it was bad. Um, and. Did you know it was bad when you got the call? Like, did you have a sinking feeling oh, yeah. because they wouldn't have called you so suddenly? Yeah. And they said, he's open on a table. Um, there's just, um, he has tumors everywhere. They're, they're like, and this is the hardest part because they were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, excuse me? They're like, yeah, what are you, what are you talking about? And then they're like, well, you could, you could, we could remove it, but then we would have to, um, you know, he might not wake up. But also, while they're, while they're telling me this, they're also telling me, oh, and this is going to, if we do wake him up, this will be $7,000. Yeah, they're like literally telling you how much it costs as you go. I'm like, excuse me? I, I was like, well, no, if he kid's not going to wake up and he's it's taking over his body, like, you obviously you can put him, you need to put him down. And he goes, okay, um, do you want a paw print? I'm like, just start do this checklist of like, what do you want to do? There, it just seems so um, disingenuous, like horrible bedside manner, right? Yeah. Like this is not just a dog I kept chained in my backyard in a dog pen. Oh yeah. So they're just like listing off these, these things of like what you can do. Um, and, I'm, and they're like, yeah, well, if you, if you want his ashes, and I was like, well, I don't want to come back to that place. So can you, can you mail them? And they're like, well, that'll be $500. <laughs> and I was Holy like, shit. Why? Well, how far away was this place? <laughs> it was in, in Charlotte. <laughs> so it was like 20 minutes. And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't want to do that. I'm not paying that. <laughs> yeah. But it was, and then I just like, and it all hit, like it was so much over, over like everything just over on my whole body. And then I just kind of fell to the floor. And then yeah. I, I just remember like sit laying there and then knowing that he, was gone and then Tyler held me and then we just I basically just like lost it like yeah I mean I literally just like you know went and let my cat into my office and like I tell my cat on a daily basis like you will live to your 20 years old like I can't fathom having this like thought that your your loved animal is going to be okay and then they call you and just so insensitive right to be like oh well your dog's gonna gonna cost seven thousand dollars if he wakes up from the surgery and he may not and so we you know we don't know what to tell you and you're like well what the fuck am i supposed to do <laughs> yeah i know it's just it's i don't know it was a lot um but yeah i have to say the support that we got from people was insane yeah like the amount of flowers and just letters and texts and calls and it was just overwhelming i didn't even know i had no idea 
idea people, honestly. Some, I remember this girl from high school. I, I talked to her every now and then on social media. Like, I haven't seen her. I don't know. since like 11th yeah. grade. She, asked, she was like, can I have your address? And she sent me like a, um, a sweet note. And it's basically chimes with Brody's name up top. And then she was just like, I just, you know, I, I feel so sad. I've seen Brody all over social media. Like, I, I wanted to reach out to you. And I was like, what? I didn't even know. Like, I, I mean, I, she was, it was so sweet, but I didn't know she was, you know, people go extra, you know, and you don't know what, who's touching who. You never know. Exactly. You didn't realize that, like, Brody had touched so many lives just by being a part of yours and, like, you choosing to share him on social media like that. I know. It was, it was crazy. So we, yeah. um, we, Tyler's like, all right, well, we're going to wait, um, you know, a year to get a dog. <laughs> a week later. <laughs> You're like, and we have a dog. <laughs> and a week later, I was like, introduce Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes that needs to happen though, right? Like, you know, it's so funny that we're talking about that bedside manner because what you just said about like, getting a new animal is something I was actually told. Um, I took my cat in to get his teeth cleaned and one of his teeth removed, so, like dental surgery. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that like has any small animals, putting animals under anesthesia to go into surgery can be very stressful because sometimes animals don't respond very well to going under, especially the older they get. So, you know, I, I think Rachel and I can very much relate on this as we keep talking about this concept of like anxiety and worry. And so I was panicking about taking him in for a very routine dental surgery. Like they do this every week at this vet. And I've been going to that vet since Niles was eight weeks old. And I show up and yep, you can't, you're not allowed in, right? So you like hand the cat over. And so they like take the cat from you and the vet tech takes him and I just start sobbing. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm so worried he's going to die in surgery. Like, I'm just terrified that I would get this phone call. And she was like, you are okay. I promise you will be fine. Like, it'll be very routine. You're good. So then the vet comes out that does, that's going to do the surgery to like say, hey, I did a preliminary look. This is what we think we're going to do in surgery, right? Like just a heads up. Um, and he comes out and I start sobbing again, awful bedside manner. He literally goes, well, sometimes, you know, our pets come back as new pets. And I was like, what are you? Stop, stop talking right now. I'm literally bawling about how I'm terrified my cat's going to die. And you're about to tell me that my cat's going to come back as a new cat. Like in the future, like I was in, and I think he just, and so I want to, I don't want to shame or bad mouth vets. I think vets have such a hard job. I I cannot imagine the, and they're so underappreciated and there's not enough of them. And people are constantly like, we are obsessed with our animals in, in our society. So people are constantly asking them to like save the lives of these animals all day long. I can't imagine, but yeah, just really awful bedside manner. I literally switched vets. Um, after that because I, I was like too. I can't I and I think he's fantastic like the work if I ever need surgery or something I potentially would go back to him because he's very good at his job but in that moment I needed a vet that like knew how to handle a ridiculous person that was sobbing over their cat uncontrollably and he was not the right fit for me oh my yeah no I no so I I like felt that in my soul as you were describing you're like yeah you know the pandemic's going on like things are hard I'm spending all my time with my dog literally I never leave my house anymore and then I go to the vet and they tell me they're like yep nope sorry he's not gonna live through the surgery do you want his ashes and a paw print yeah like it's oh my god I and I and I do feel for them like I get it I understand you know they do this every day and maybe having like a very stoic attitude helps them get through it i mean i can't yeah. imagine seeing dogs every day 
or yeah. an emergency shelters or hospitals. So I try to have that empathy as well, but also at the same time, like they need to realize who they're talking to too. Right. Well, and this was happening to you. You are losing this first quote unquote, like, you know, animal baby that you and Tyler had together. Cause when did y'all get Brody? Yeah, and I'm like, oh my, in 2017. And yeah, yeah okay. it was in our beginning of our relationship. And yeah. Tyler's like, I'm, we're getting a dog. And he'd always want a French bulldog. And I had always grown up with labs. So I was like, I don't want a French bulldog. I want a baby yeah. lab. <laughs> like, I don't want this little baby dog, this yeah, fragile like, baby that? dog. And so it looks like a cat. I was like, <laughs> I don't And it grunts that. like a pig. Yeah, I was like, it's a little piglet. But then we got him and I was like, oh my God, I can't have anything else. I'm obsessed. You know? Yes. So a week goes by and it sounds like you really needed to fill that void. We did. Um, and I told Tyler, I was like, I'm never living like my life without a dog. Like I'm, I'm not. And so Tyler, again, he was like, have you ever thought about a doodle? And I was like, I, I said the same thing. I, like, I don't want a doodle. I want, I want either a French bulldog. I'm not doing, what the heck is <laughs> We're a getting doodle? another one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's get another one and name it Brody. Um, and Brody too, <laughs> 2.0. like Rachel. You're going to be one of those people. You know, those people exist, right? That get the same exact dog over and over and name it the same thing yes. over and over. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would do that. Um, Rachel's but, like, I'll be 75 and have Brody 12. <laughs> oh, I would. I told Tyler if anything ever happened to them, like I would never date again. Cause I would have like 15 French bulldogs and they would call me that, that lady. Like, they would instead of cat lady, your French bulldog lady. <laughs> so we ended up getting, um, She's called a Saint Sheba Doodle. She's um, a Saint Sheba Doodle. Yeah, so we did do the doodle route. She's half, fifty percent Saint Bernard, twenty five percent poodle, twenty five percent sheep dog. And oh my gosh, she's so, just so cute. cute. She is so freaking adorable. Cute. She's under my feet right now, chewing a tennis ball. She's but so funny. She looks like a wiry haired, long haired uh, basset hound. Yes, she does. Yeah. She's like super long and like super goofy with like wiry sheepdog hair. I know. She's actually eating the tennis ball. Like, oh, good. Or she's yeah. that too. Um, yeah, no, she, she's, a, she's a sweet dog, but she's, you know, puppy. She eats everything. Um, yeah. We, so how was, yeah, how was it going from, um, you know, like you said, you never wanted to live your, your life without a dog. You thought you'd go a year without having a dog, you know, and then someone like yourself, who I know you're going to share more about this, but someone who, you know, struggles with anxiety and this clearly just reinforced many worries I can imagine you had about losing an animal. And then Tyler's like, and we're getting a dog in five days. <laughs> I know. He was like, oh, when we were looking on the website and then. I guess he like came across something and he was like, Oh my gosh, there's a dog. Um, like we, we have to get it. And then it kept, they're like, Oh, it's still available. It's still available. And I remember cause we were in his parents' house in Asheville, North Carolina. And they're like, we're like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to wait after the beach. We're going to do all this stuff. And then we're, we're like, actually, we're going to go get it right after we leave here in two hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> um, but it was sweet. Cause she actually did come to the beach with us. Um, so but it's, it's been good. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, she swallowed a sock hole. Oh, God. And um, she started throwing up a lot. And I was like, I was, I mean, I was so freaking out because I was like, the last time this happened, Brody died. Yeah. You talk about flashbacks of your pet dying. And I was like, this cannot happen. Like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know she ate a sock. 
until then she threw up a sock and i was like oh my god she's an actual sock. like i don't even know how the girl even ate a whole sock but she that's insane <laughs> she didn't even chew it she, like sock eater and then i found one outside too. <laughs> like she's just eating socks. she's just so stealing your socks seriously yeah and they're all both tyler's so um keep hey, tyler put your dang socks away <laughs> um yeah i know i'm like he's like what <laughs> i said yeah so we i know why our socks don't match anymore it's because we eat them um <laughs> is stealing took, them and eating them i took her to the vet and i didn't need to do this but they're like do you want to do x-rays do you want to do and i was i got pet insurance through work so i was really excited that's about that. genius yeah um which is one of the best perks ever because i regret not having that with birdie um and well, then, you're, like who thinks they're gonna need that until they go through it oh my gosh we so had I, it for jasmine and it does it didn't cover anything that was just routine it's just emergency um and so we didn't need it for a while so i don't actually know if we still have it of course i'm gonna say that knock on wood we need to get it apparently so you do um and she so i i was like yes do all the work do everything do every everything you possibly can do and they were like, um, the woman was like, are you sure? And I said, yeah. They're like, like, that I, will be $10,000. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just do it. And yeah. So, um, I mean, she really, she was fine. She was like, her stomach's just irritated. But I was just sitting there, like, freaking out and yeah. shaking. And I was, like, waiting for, like, bad news. Um, well, I can't imagine how difficult that would have been for you to not get the x-rays done or get all these added surgeries done when you felt like you could like afford and you were able to do them because of what happened with Brody like you would have been so worried for days about is she going to be okay is she going to be okay did I miss something right I know and so um you know it's interesting because I went while they were doing the x-rays I went um I I went out I don't know got Starbucks or something and came back I walked back in and this um we're at the vet, and I said, "Oh, I'm I'm here back to see you know that." And she was like, "Well, my, it might be a minute." She knew she's putting a dog down. <gasps> and I was like, "Oh my oh. god!" So then I start, I just start bawling in the lobby, and I'm like, just "And they're crying. like, what's wrong with this crazy lady?" And then the the owner comes out, and she's crying, and then my vet comes out to talk to me, and she has tears in her eyes, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And so I told the vet. I said, if you need a minute, and she goes, what? And I was like, you know, I, I can't imagine them what you do every day. Like I, I, I went through this recently and I, I just want to, you know, appreciate you. And like, I'm sorry that you had to do that this morning. And she was like, what? You, like, she was so like grateful that, you know, I well, was taken even, aback. I can imagine. Right. That like yeah. nobody thinks about them. No. And she, she thought I was annoyed because I had to wait on my test results for my dog. And she said, you know, it's dogs like Mowgli that makes me, you know, do my dog job every day. But, you know, this dog was old and sick. And, and I think that sometimes we go through things in life to like, to, to understand other people better and to give support, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, okay, well, you, you know, you're human I, too, right? That's experiencing this loss in a way that I'm not. And now I can understand what it's like to be you on right. a certain level. Yeah, that's so hard. So she was fine. She's all good now. Yeah, she's all good. No more socks. Although she's yeah, no, no more socks on the floor. Tyler, pick up your dang clothes. <laughs> Put them in the laundry basket. No, yeah, he's we um we don't leave anything anywhere anymore ever. Like no yeah. more socks. No more. Like it's insane. Um, the other day he like he had to buy new socks. So I basically was like, 
he we we saw the Amazon package. He opened it up and there was like twenty socks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's just like in rehab. Like you can't you can't show her those. Yeah, hide those immediately. (laughs) Put a lock on the drawer. It's so funny. Yeah, she's so funny. Rachel, talk to us if you feel comfortable because I, you know, I'm so appreciative that you felt like you could share this, you know, very recent experience with pet loss and anxiety and worry. And I know that you've shared with me before that you have a history with these feelings, you know, and so it sounds like, you know, unfortunately, Brody's situation is not the first time you've experienced panic and worry to the degree that you did. Yeah, so um, I've I've had anxiety and um, since I was a kid. And, um, you know, it comes in waves. I think that thing, different things triggered it. Um, I think mainly... You know, the pandemic obviously triggered a lot of people's anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, graduating from college, undergrad, you know, triggered a big life event. Yeah. Um, so typically I can like pinpoint. Um, but it was weird because it, was it I think a year ago we had it was just Christmas and we were driving home and everything was fine. Like it wasn't there was no argument, there was no like no trigger, I would say, like trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. I was driving back from Asheville to Fort Mill, where we live, and I just felt like a warm, like, sensation over my body. Just, like, all of a sudden, like, just, like, paralyzing fear. And I just was, like, Tyler's Tyler sitting right next to me, and she's like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, no, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and- like, I can't, like you said, there was no thing that happened that you could have been like oh i like almost hit a deer and that's why i'm freaking out right so then i just started feeling like i can't breathe like i can't i can't feel my body i feel like i'm not even in my body wow and i mean this is i mean this is after a morning cup of coffee a nice a nice christmas holiday and i'm driving home like it's not it was not went raining it's the sunny and so we pull over to a gas station and I just like go to the bathroom and put my head in my hands and like just like put my I mean I know because I went to grad school I have like I know like the tools you know Mm -hmm. the panic attacks like I started like running my hands under water to like feel like good some type of relief but then it's like uh you know panic attack like a real panic attack last like 20-30 minutes like if it's not I mean mine do I don't know about others but mine typically do that so i kind of knew what was happening yeah um but i just i remember walking out of the bathroom just like just crying because i couldn't like i didn't know what to do because it was just a shaking it was almost like i had this whole episode of just like just fear Mm -hmm. 20 minutes of just fear and a lot of people don't have never had that feeling don't know that that's what it is so they sometimes drive themselves to the hospital or they call 911 yeah yeah i think that's so great that you point that out that it sounds like for you, you knew like within a few minutes, oh, this is a panic attack. And because I'm familiar with this and because I have the education I do, I know what to do. But absolutely, right? We we hear this all the time that people will think they're having a heart attack or they think they're dying. So they call 911 or they go to the hospital and they are genuinely freaking out because of these physiological reactions that they're having, right? Like you said, getting really hot, feeling very overwhelmed, feeling you can't feel your body anymore, very like out of touch with what's going on. That has to be so scary for people. Yeah. And I, and I told Tyler, I was like, I said, I just need a minute. Um, and he was like, oh, but you know, he wants to fix things. And it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. how can I help? Like what's going on? I was like, I don't know. 
I have no idea. Like, I'm not upset. I, and, and that's the first time that I felt like the sense of random panic attack. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like there was a trigger for it. So Is that, that scarier that, like, it can come on so randomly yeah. like that? Yeah. And I think you're like, that, I thought I had it down. I thought I knew what to avoid and, like, how to prepare. And now I can't prepare for these random panic attacks. Yeah. So then I started, like, I, I didn't even know, like, I was like, do we, like, do we need to get a hotel? Like, are you okay? Do we need to? Because we, I mean, we're an hour away from home. It wasn't like we were in a random country or it was, right. like. <laughs> the middle of nowhere. So, um, I was like, no, like, I just need 20 minutes, I think. And then I just we got back on the road and I mean, it's fine. Um, yeah. but then after that, it's the aftermath of trying to avoid that feeling again. So mm-hmm. then like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to go down that same route of like the certain road from Asheville to Charlotte, even though it had nothing to do with that road. It was like, I don't want to feel this again. So I'm associating like this trip with, with the anxiety. So then I started feeling like, uh, okay, well, I don't maybe maybe driving in the morning caused it, or like I then I'm avoiding all these things. Yeah, well, you're trying to make sense of it. Exactly mm-hmm. what you said. You're trying to find. Okay, well, yeah, was it the coffee? Is it the road? Was it the drive? You know, and for someone like myself and someone like yourself who has an education in this and does this, you know, we often talk about that with clients that I see who struggle with panic specifically panic, right? So let's make a very clear distinction between anxiety and panic, right? Panic is an extreme version of anxiety, and not everybody has that, and you know, you mentioned how you started associating. And so we tell people all the time that, you know, this is where we can begin to look at, are there like bodily triggers or things that you're not really noticing? So, you know, I would have have asked you the question, well, were you driving really tensely? Were you holding your legs in a weird position? Were you squeezing the steering wheel? Because ten- tension, I don't know what I was about to say, tension mm-hmm. can is a is a factor of anxiety. It's what triggers anxiety, right? Everyone think about fight or flight for a second. You're walking on the path and you think you see a snake. What do you do? You tense up. So tense and tension in and of itself actually triggers anxiety in your body or your body to have an anxiety response. So those were things I would ask you, right? Like, was it the road or were you just tense that morning? And then that sensation is what triggers panic for you. Yeah, no, that's, that's great insight. Because I'm, I was probably, I was, yeah, sitting there like, balled up in a corner and you yeah probably just doing something for too long and your body was like okay this is something's being signaled to us and we need to respond in an ineffective way but the body thinks it's effective oh yeah no i i, I get like that like, when i understand it though like i get it i get like that when i fly but i already mm. but i know what that is so i know how to like yep. prepare for it yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do that, you know, maybe for some listeners or people out there that, as you said, you've been, you've had anxiety for as long as you can remember since you were young. And then it sounds like it has developed into panic. What have you learned over time that helps you in your panic? Yeah. I mean, I know people like, I, you know, some people frown on medication. Um, I think we do not hear store-bought okay, yeah. serotonin is fine. Okay. No, no. Um, you know, before I fly, cause it's out of my control, I'm a control freak. I need everything to be A, B, C, and D. And, um, you know, it, I take it before I fly because I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going, I know I'm going to feel anxious. Well, I'm you're trying to, to prevent it. Right. Exactly. And then I will just, I'll try to, you know, sometimes I'll upgrade my feet or I will just try to make it more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, a familiar airline, something that's just like a little more. Like maybe flying at times during the day that are better for you than yeah. like a 3 a.m. flight or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Sleep, sleep deprived, like, you know, 
um, listening to music on the airplane, um, you know, just feeling, just preparing myself. And even yeah. uh, this cliche, but even reading about flights and like um, airline safety beforehand, because I didn't realize how safe they are. It's so yeah. in your own head and like you, you see these disaster movies or you see the news and it's like plane goes down, but then that's not like every day. Like, so, yeah, how often do we hear about car accidents, right? Literally every day. But educating myself like really helped a lot too. I feel like, yeah. you know, I, I well, got so that, It's that. that old cliche, knowledge is power, right? It is. So I think, that, I think that helps a lot. And I think even just knowing more about anxiety and educating yourself or, and like you said, anxiety and panic are not the same disorder. I mean, they're, or sorry, I know exactly what you said, but um, it's not this exact same thing. Like if you have panic right. disorder, it's not necessarily anxiety disorder. It's part of it, but it's not. And so I guess I was, when I was growing up with anxiety, I never really had full-blown panic attacks. Like, I had a constant lingering of something was wrong, but I never mm-hmm. actually, like, full-blown, like, my body took over itself. Like, I never experienced yeah. that. When did that happen for you for the first time? I think that was, um, the actual panic attack. I think I was, I was at a wedding. Wow. It was so awkward. It was, yeah. I was in a, I was like, <laughs> like, what? Like, the worst time. Yeah. I know. Funerals and, and weddings, like the worst times to experience any sort of like significant mental health condition for the first time. I know. And I think I also put everything on a pedestal because I'm always like, um, I need this event to be perfect. Like I need to be, to have the, you know, going to this wedding, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be the best wedding I go to. Yeah. Or, you know. Would you identify as a perfectionist? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I, if I miss a workout, like it's like, mm. and that's, I mean, that's not healthy. Um, cause yeah. but I mean, I've also, you know, done gymnastics and ballet and so um, you were really active when you were young. Yeah. So then yeah. I just very critical of myself. So I think that yeah. every day I'm like, okay, if I don't Peloton for 60 minutes and then run for 30 minutes, like, you know, I, I, you didn't be more effective today. Yeah. Um, but that's not healthy. Um, no. <laughs> so you go to this wedding with those really high expectations. Yeah. So I'm seeing all these people, you know, from college and I'm like, just, you know, sometimes seeing people from the past isn't always the best thing. And so I go <sighs> to the bathroom and I'm just like, I can't breathe again. And I feel like I'm choking and I start spraying my face with water. And I'm just like, again, the water, always touching water helps me. I don't know why. No, it's good. Uh, something I tell clients often now, again, this is not medical advice. If you need a medical professional, please find one. However, something I recommend often for panic attacks that I have learned in my own training is dunk your face in a bowl of ice water, stick your face in cold water. It will shock your nervous system. Yes. That's yeah. where that water comes from. You're trying to change your body temperature and shock your nervous system very quickly. So we'll, just like you said before, right? Like water on your wrists, anything cold you can get on your wrists or your face very quickly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I've been, that's what I was doing. Cause I was like, okay. So I was at this wedding and then I started, you know, going to, going to therapy. Um, <laughs> I need help right now. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I was like, maybe I can meditate, but it, that didn't work. So um, maybe I'll meditate, you know, but it, I mean, it does help me things. I try to use anxiety for like a positive way too. Like yeah. in my career, I'm very like meticulous. I overthink things, but it also makes me detail-oriented at what I'm doing. So it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Well, it becomes, you know, very self-gratifying and it becomes beneficial 
which is part of the issue with anxiety, especially in modern societies, that we reward a lot of the behaviors that come with having a high level of anxiety. Like you said, you're detail-oriented, you're meticulous, you use it to stay in constant physical motion and have a lot of good, you know, physical exercise routines. And, you know, I even, you know, heard you say like you use it as fuel, right? Like it's something that you use to motivate you, which in turn can actually make it harder to get rid of it because it's seen as helpful to have this level of anxiety. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, and I become over um, analytical of like bodily functions, like what's happening. Like I can Mm. feel my heart race and I'm like, wait, what does this mean? Yeah. And am I I'm having just, a heart attack or am I yeah. just running? What's happening? Oh, uh, yeah. So I definitely, oh, yeah. I, I just have to have that obsessive nature. Like I have to, you know, check my boxes every day, which is, yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like you've had that since you were really young and you experienced some things in your childhood that I think really just reinforced those thoughts for you. Yeah. No, for sure. I yeah. um, just, and, and, and it, it's hard. I mean, especially I was a kid and I had anxiety. Like, I don't know, in third grade. And mm-hmm. then my grandfather passed away when I was, I think, 12. And everything just like triggered. And then, you know, they were like, well, you have OCD and you have anxiety and you could have depression and you could have panic. Like, what? I'm 12. Yeah, you're like, what? I'm supposed to just like have my period. Like, what yeah. are all these other things? Yeah. So I was like, so they, they put me on medication when I was 12. Um, which honestly, I'm I'm grateful that my parents, you know, took me to a doctor and actually listened to what I had to say because yeah. it really did help me. Um, you know, it was on Zoloft, SSRI, which just I mean, I was able to function better. I was able That's to go, so good. go to work. And I'm I'm I am very grateful that my parents were like, Oh, get over it. They actually were like, Okay, you know what? I think Rachel is actually struggling right now and Yeah, that's so good that they could see that, right, and acknowledge that. And they weren't just like, You're a lazy teenager who's being dramatic, get over yourself. Yeah. So that's but also at the same point, like I, I started going medication, but then I started like obsessing about being better, like gymnastics. Yeah, we didn't get to the root of it. The, the medication helped you function, but we weren't dealing with it. And that's how I felt with psychiatry. Like I, I wasn't seeing it there. It was mostly like just the psychiatrist. So it's like, go in. Okay. He'll talk to you for an hour, but it's only a little more about symptoms and stuff. We're not actually getting underneath everything right. else. So then, you know, then start going to therapy too. And I think that helps the combination of both. <sighs> Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the most effective that we see, right, is if you're going to take medication, you should do it in conjunction with therapy. And then if you're on a medication for life, you know, let's say that you've had diagnosed anxiety, ADHD, PTSD, something where you do need a medication for long term and you don't need therapy as often because you're using your skills and that's fantastic. But until that time comes, right, like you want to better understand why you're acting the way you're acting and why symptoms are happening. So that's what therapy's for, right? Like you said, the psychiatrist is there to just treat them you know, not help you heal through them necessarily. Right. Yeah. No. So it's, it's definitely been a, it's been a journey. Um, <laughs> but I feel like people, you know, more you talk about it, I, I, you know, I never even noticed this before, but there's like a, a bunch of people on Instagram now with like anxiety memes and it used to be taboo. And now it's like almost kind of funny. And like, it's like, a, not necessarily a joke, but it's like, Oh, people are actually like, Oh, I have anxiety. Like, I feel like the positive of its awareness. Oh my gosh. I mean, we talk about it so much more than we ever have. I know. And I've, I've always been like careful about it. I don't bring it up as much because I'm always worried that people are going to like, Oh, is that a flaw in her? I didn't know she suffered from that. Like, I don't want people to know. And like, I, I, you know, sometimes 
you know, and people think, oh, she has resting bitch face, but actually I'm having a panic attack and I'm not that mean. <laughs> like I'm trying not to go out of my body and scream right now. So this is just me holding it together. Yeah. I was like, Rachel, like, she looks like stuck up or angry or whatever's wrong with her. I'm like, no, Rachel has anxiety. So you don't, you never know. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> what people are going through. Well, right. I think it helps you help share a face. I mean, by you doing something right now of talking about your anxiety, like you said, when you've really been conditioned to not talk about it right out of fear or worry about what other people are going to think or say about you, but we need to talk about it. We need to give face to what anxiety looks like and it looks different for everybody and you never know what anyone else is going through. So those people who you think have quote unquote RBF, which don't even get me started on that. I think it's the most (laughs) ridiculous phrase in the world. I'm not supposed to walk around with a giant clown smile on my face all the time. I think that it just goes to show that you don't, no one's really thinking about, you know, everyone else the way that you're thinking about yourself. So if you look at someone and they have this strained face, they're probably going through something or maybe they're upset or maybe they're trying not to freak out in public, you know, like let them have their space and just be kind to people. I know. I know. I I agree. I just think that everybody has something going on. And if they don't say it, they're lying because 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there are people that obviously they're less anxious, but well, it doesn't have to be anxiety, right? Everyone, but everyone's got something that yeah. they struggle with or worry about, or just maybe they had a bad day, right? Everyone has had something that they can relate to. So even if your issues don't match the other person's, most people have something, right? Yeah. And I think that helps me get through the day too. It's like, notice, like there are, there are people struggling there. Uh, they, you know, pray for what you have and you're, you know, and I'm like, oh, I, they're praying for this every day and I live, I live this. So maybe I should take things for granted. What's that phrase about, yeah, taking things for granted? Yeah. What you take for granted, someone else is p- praying for. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I did jump in on that, but it's my favorite thing because I feel like you, you know, there are people in different countries. There are people in different you know, in towns that could be praying for even um, like really simple things. Like someone doesn't have a car and they like, and would, would pray for a car and it's like oh i use this every day or you know like simple functions yeah like i'm praying to be able to learn to walk again and i walk every day yeah exactly or even in an accident or you know just little things and it's like hey um i remember it what was it this 90210 episode just gonna it's gonna age me that's fine um beverly hills 90210 (laughs) that's fine (laughs) um yes so uh, it was this episode where um, one of the girls on the show, she was in like a fire and she had like a scar on her face and she was like, just trying to get rid of the scar. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I, I thought I needed like a nose job or something or something. And I was like, wait, she wants her face back. Like just be grateful with your own face. And I just yeah, remember She just that. wants the face she was born with, not a f- new face. I know. And I was like, wow, this is really hit home. So I always remember that every time I'm like, do I need, do I need Botox or do I need this? I'm like, wait a minute. Remember that episode? <laughs> no, you're like, I actually need none of that. Thank you. Yeah. So I just, I think it's, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times like we're just trying to be better and, and make ourselves better when we're already who we should be. And that's basically me telling me that because I'm the most analytical person ever with my own self, you know, which I think is pretty incredible that you are able to really try to hold yourself accountable to that belief of something that we're taking for granted other people are praying for because 
it is so easy for us to get wrapped up in trying to be better constantly when if we just slowed down and looked at ourselves, like we're doing a pretty damn good job. I know. I know. I'll be like, oh, I ate these egg whites and then I ran three miles. Like uh, tomorrow, you know, eat more egg whites or run more. And it's like, well, maybe you should be happy that you did that today. Like, yeah. like why can't we just like, be acknowledging of like the good things? I think that helps me come back to reality. And then, then I go too far in the deep end. And then I'm like, well, yeah. let's just eat cookies and have wine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to like rein it in right on both ends. But hey, eat the damn cookies too, right? Because I think that's still doing a pretty dang good job. The okay. fact that you can run and you like want to do those things is fantastic. And yeah, give yourself a break. You're doing a really good job. Yeah, no, for sure. What else are you... Actually, let me change that question because I feel like it's important just to pause here for a second. But how are you today? I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Um, yeah. I think that I still struggle. I think that sometimes I can feel like a random panic attack come on. Like I feel like sometimes, you know, my, my body gets warm or I'm just like worried about something and I just overthink it, question it, question it, question it, and go down this rabbit hole. Like Mowgli threw up, so now she, I'm going to have to bury her. Like it goes from zero to a hundred. Yeah. And Catastrophizing think, it real quick. Yeah. I think that's my biggest problem. Like even even at work, like if I do something and I'm like, oh, it's not perfect, then oh, I'm I'm gonna get in trouble. Like you know, that's it. Like you lose your job. Like you messed up. But that's not it. Like and then you're and then people are like, oh, you're doing a good job. I'm like really? I did this, 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 this wrong. And I'm so focused on the negative, and I really recognize that like a lot. Like um, even in. I don't know. All, all or nothing too. thinking. I feel like I do that too. Like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's huge to work on. Um, just working with, and, and honestly, keeping open to communication, like with Tyler, um, what I love about him is he wants, you know, he, he does, he has never like, he doesn't experience anxiety like I do. Like he doesn't know what that's like. So he does a really good job of taking you know, listening to what I have to say and then educating himself. Like the other That's day, awesome. I felt like I, I had like, I started feeling weird. And he was like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, no. And he said, you know, I think it's just your anxiety. Like, you're going to be okay. And in that moment, I went from like freaking out to, yeah, I am. And I told him by him not freaking out makes me okay. Like, yeah. Well, he, he took the reins, right? He was like, you're going to be good. You're all good. Everything's fine. Exactly. Instead of being like, wait, are you having a heart attack? <laughs> like, I don't. Because sometimes people do it like, wait, do you need to go to the hospital? No, don't ask me if I need to go to the hospital. Yeah, I because I will say yes to go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important when you're within a relationship where if you can talk about that stuff and be like, yeah, I'm having an anxiety attack and I need you to listen and I need you to read books about it or I need you to educate yourself because I need help because yeah. you are, you are, you know, it's not like I remember I was telling him I've been in relationships where they didn't even know I had anxiety. So I just avoid them all. Like we get an event and I'd be like in the corner, (laughs) not talking to the boyfriend. They're like, are you, aren't you dating this guy? I'm like, well, I don't really want him to know about my issues. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's how, you know, right. That you found a life partner is somebody who you feel like actually you can be your true full self around anxiety attacks and all. I know. And and that's honestly what about, I love about, you know, that Raleigh friend group is I feel like everyone's pretty, Oh, like I just open. I feel like every time we get together, I feel like I just talked to y'all yesterday, and then we just like open the floodgates. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. 
And then it's just, yeah, you know, like when we saw you when y'all came up for that, it was like a year, it was right after vaccines came out. It's so like a little un- under a year ago when y'all came up to visit. Yeah, the, the backyard, like, yeah, the like barbecue thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, my team won. Hey, that doesn't shock me one bit. But Rachel's like, see, I have to be the best. I have to win. <laughs> I know. I was so excited about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It's like no time really goes by, even though we don't see each other very often. And you're right. I mean, I, and I'm glad that I, that sounds, it's really nice to hear that because I, we've talked about that quite a bit on this podcast that this friend group that we have worked very hard to curate and have is full of people that, as far as I'm aware, are very understanding and accepting and loving of people, flaws and all. Right. And their issues and all. And that includes educating ourselves about what panic looks like, educating ourselves about what anxiety looks like and truly supporting each other in those things instead of wanting to pretend like they don't exist. Yeah, I do. I feel like like a lot of times you'll hide things from from certain people, because I remember Mm -hmm. I had a friend who I would tell her something. And she's like, don't share that with other people. I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) well, okay, right. I'm just going to go drink my wine in the corner and <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm an awful human being. Thank you. Yeah. So I think it's, I just think it's good to have support people and you know, yeah. it's, it's important to have that, that like support, not only from your family and, but your, your spouse too, or your boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Whoever, right. Whoever you spend your time with. Yeah. Whoever it is. Yeah. What else are you doing to take care of yourself? And we know that you Engage in physical exercise. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you've got your sweet dog and we have Tyler. What else yeah. do you do? Are you in therapy now? Um, no, honestly, the pandemic kind of messed that up a little bit. Yeah, I hear that. I don't feel like I missed like it. Well, I had a really awesome therapist in Wilmington. And then I came to Charlotte and I saw some people and I, did, I didn't vibe with them as much. Sure. And then, and then the um, pandemic happened and I just felt like the virtual piece is not the same. It's hard being yeah. on a couch, but I don't know, people, I probably actually should go to therapy again. <laughs> that should definitely be the next thing that I do. <laughs> Perfect. I'll check back in with you in a month and be like, Rachel, how are we doing on the therapy? Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, it's important. And I do think that social media sometimes does help with awareness of mental illness because it's very, very, you know, it's there. And- it's there. And it can be really isolating if you don't like have other people or like have this sense that other people have what you're going through. Yeah. And I, and like, even I, I'm just like all these, again, all these Instagram people I follow with these memes and they're like talking about OCD and I'm like, well, people talk about that now. Like, yeah, like I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. I'm like, wait, people actually make a meme about, you know, like overthinking things. Um, and it's, it just makes it more like it makes you normalize it, which is kind of nice. And it not makes you feel like an outcast. Yes. But I also think like we're ha- having support is just the biggest thing. Um, and having a, you know, a team, to, just like people, people in general, like friends, family. Um, and we go to, we go to Asheville a lot. It's where Tyler's parents live and they live in the mountains. And I was going to say we went on this peaceful hike, but it wasn't. <laughs> his, his mom is a rock star and she, um, I you I think you've met Joanne. She's like a mm-hmm. she's precious, and she was like, "Yeah, we're, we're, it's my birthday." And uh, his sister and um 
my brother-in-law Hunter came, Allie Hunter came and surprised me for my birthday. It's great. And we're like, oh, this would be such a fun weekend. And Joanne's like, well, we're going to go on a hike. So we get there and we have to walk a mile to get to the hike. And I then, hate that shit. And then, <laughs> it's like my then, worst nightmare. And it ended up being eight miles. <laughs> and it was just like, I was going to say relaxing hike, but it was actually, it was, it was definitely an experience, but it was actually a good bonding experience. But I think, um, overall like having that sports system and like getting out there and being in nature and being mm-hmm. with family and getting to do that together and then afterwards we went to a brewery and then had dinner and it was just it was awesome like it was one of actually yeah. the best birthday i think i've had that's amazing and I, I turned 34 i told them i was like you guys acted like it was like a big milestone and they're like well it is to us it's your birthday yeah so it's just i mean it was amazing but i think like going on like exploring nature and unplugging yeah. Maybe not for eight, sound, eight miles. Eight miles, right. Maybe <laughs> six miles. Um, but it sounds like you're saying, you know, surround yourself with people who do support you, who genuinely care about you and love you and, you know, validate you and see you for who you are. And then go put yourself out in environments that make you feel better. Yeah. And get get out in nature and, and just en- enjoy. Like, I really love, like, the mountains. Um, yeah. Especially after out. the pandemic. Go outside as much as you can. Don't oh, be locked yeah. up in your house. That's what a realtor said, like when we were looking for houses, like most people now are focused more on their yard, yeah, like the backyard than, than anything. And so I had to have like a yard with like all day sun because I spent that so much time on that stinking porch <laughs> with, with a covered up. And I was so mad. I had to walk to Top Golf one more time. I'm going to lose my mind. So <laughs> we, I have to walk to get sun one more time. So now we have all day sun. And I'm, I'm very jealous of that. That sounds amazing. It's, it's great. And then we invest in a fence. I'm very excited. And then I have, I have a little kiddie pool for myself. And the dog, maybe. Yeah. The dog, yeah. Well, and me. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. We'll have to come visit. It sounds awesome. Yeah. No, it does. I mean, it's a great little interesting setup. But anyways, it's just, it's nice to like invest in those types of things. I think just like people taking advantage of the little things like the sun like vitamin d and absolutely absolutely we that sometimes we take that for granted right but it is so important yeah no i like you taking walks and just like talking to people and i think those are the things i learned during the pandemic that i missed like oh 100 people in general oh my god yeah seeing people without fear i mean that's the life we live in now right i'm still dreading it all the time i know and yes. i think planning trips when you can when it's not peak covid season Oh, seriously. Yeah, we're trying to, a handful of us all turn 30 this year. So but the big 3-0 in a lot of our friend groups who are trying to plan a big trip. Nice. I love that. Yes. Uh, Well, Rachel, thank you so, so much for, as you said, you know, taking this big leap of faith. And, you know, I know you probably feel like you're an open book to me or like our immediate friends, but feeling like you could share more in depth about what you've gone through the last couple of years and just what the impact of the pandemic and overall your experience with anxiety has been in your life and putting that out into the universe because I am really grateful that you were willing to do that. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Thank you for having me and letting me ramble on. Absolutely. We could talk all day. Now you have to come visit in real life in person. Oh yeah, we, we're doing that. So. Perfect. So. And we need to meet Mowgli. Oh yeah, you, you'll, you'll love her. We're not not meeting this one. This one we're, we're going to meet. <laughs> just just don't, make sure you just don't have any socks out and we're good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's still re- re- recovering. <laughs> Take the socks off or put them away. That's yeah. the rule. I love that. Thank you so much for today, Rachel. And as I always say, please take care of yourself today and always after today. 
Awesome. Thanks, Susan. Thanks. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. And follow us on social media at I've Been Better dot pod.